Thank you for joining us today. My name is Maccabee Griffin. And I'm Marcella. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we take the well-known adage, read between the lines to a whole new level and beyond. Each week we sit down with a new author to not only discuss one of their books, but also learn the story behind the story. Hi, Michella. Hi, Mac. How are you today? I think I'm lagging. Are you lagging a bit? Yeah, I think we both are. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be great today. So what is your thoughts on writing and finding the right coach? Hmm. <clears throat> well, you know, I love to write. Obviously. I never thought about getting a writing coach. I have a... I have a person who helps me with writing, but well, she just kind of does. It's almost like a ghostwriter, except that we are collabing, you know, okay. but a writing coach seems interesting, especially for those moments when you've got, you know, writer's block. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would you look for in a writing coach? Someone who can tolerate me. Oh, that. <laughs> so you need a saint then is what you're saying. Or a sinner. Close enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, today I want to bring on a woman that I've been following for a long time. We've had conversations on and off of Instagram. She is a writing coach of her own, and I believe she's going to be able to give us a lot of insight into what to look for and how to really continue to get inspired with our writing. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the writing coach herself, Miss Lynette Kincaid. Lynette, welcome to the show. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Hi, Lynette. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun already. I got this. It's going to be great. So, one of the biggest things we say at the beginning of the show with, with our guests is please introduce yourself, but most importantly, tell us something we can't find on the internet about you. So I am Lynette Kincaid. I'm an author and also a writing coach. I am the word pusher. I push authors to write, publish, and sell with the key emphasis on selling their words. Something that you will not find on the internet is I was actually a vegetarian for two years. Oh, and you're open with that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. I tried it. <laughs> you tried it? It didn't quite That's work. Okay. I, I, I did try it. Yeah. So, you, yeah. you tried. <laughs> yeah, I tried so hard. I was actually wanting to be like full on vegan, but it didn't happen. Yeah, my sister is vegan burgers, right, now right? Too. They just kept calling to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm from the south, so I'm just like, how do I even? How did I even get to this point of not wanting to eat meat? Like that's what we do in the south. That's what we do. I was about to say they were probably just like. <laughs> yes, I am a dis I was a disgrace to my culture. Um, yeah. But I, I tried it for two years and it was a great experience. Literally, I I mean at some point I am considering going back to it because I felt a lot better without all of everything that I'm used to eating and stuff like that. So yeah, that's one thing you won't find on the internet about me. Well, we appreciate you accepting that we are willing to not make fun of you about it for one thing, but that... <laughs> okay, fine. <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> I was trying I left, to be I nice my, to her. I left myself open for that. I did. I did. <laughs> Especially being, you know, from Texas and all. I left myself. Oh, wide. oh no, sweetie. Texas, Lynette, what part? Fort Worth, Texas. I was born and no raised way. in Fort Worth, Texas. Yes. Okay. So yes. I lived in Fort Worth when I, from the time I was five till about six years old. Oh my God. Yeah. And because my family is predominantly from Mexico. Okay. So now I'm going to start, we're going to have to hit each up each other up offline see if we knew each other. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because oh, yeah. when you start mentioning schools, then that, that'll let me know whether or not we know each other yeah. or somewhere in the same, you know, yep. areas. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I love about this show. The connections that we have and we create just through this. And sorry, Lynette, but I'm going to make fun of you now just because you were from Texas and you're trying to say that you're a vegan. That's just messed up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not thinking, now. I, I, I said I, was, I tried it for two years. Oh, well, even did. still, just trying alone. Come on now. I'm taking your Texan <laughs> card away from you. Jeez. I'm taking your Southern know, card away from I know. you. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, get serious now. So. There's a lot of people that are trying to get their story out there. And that's one of the things that we love to push for people to do. We want people to be able to tell their stories because we all know that everybody's got a unique story to tell. And it's going to be able to inspire somebody else, motivate somebody else, or just connect with somebody else. So my first question is, what are some of the things that people should be looking for when they're searching for the perfect fit of a writing coach for them? So first of all, what I get a lot of is people confuse the whole mentor with a writing coach. Okay. If you're writing a story, you literally need a writing coach and not a mentor. And I actually shared this on, uh, not Instagram, but I shared this on my new to my YouTube channel on writing coach, YouTube channel. And one of the reasons I wanted people to understand that because a lot of times as aspiring authors, we go to people, places, and things that can't help us with our story or with the publishing process. And so some of the things that you should look for, number one, ask a lot of questions. One of the things that I love and hate about social media is because social media is a good ground as far as meeting new people, communicating, connecting, things of that nature. The other thing that I hate about social media, because people are allowed to wake up one day and say, hey, I, you know, I'm an attorney and now they're just giving out all of this, you know, information and a lot of it is incorrect information. And so I love social media for the fact that I'm able to communicate on it and you're able to build a network. But I hate social media for the fact that people slip through the cracks on the things that they know and don't know. So one of the things that people should do when they're looking for a writing coach or a book coach is to look at what the person has done. Look at the experience, not going just by, oh my goodness, they have 10,000 followers. That doesn't matter. Okay. And that's what people tend to look to these days towards success. You know, if you have 10,000 people that's following you, people are like, oh my goodness, they're so successful. And I'm looking at the social media account, like, okay, what, what determines success? based on this social media account. And so I would say for people to start doing your research, start asking other, you know, other clients that the writing coach or the book coach have worked with. Ask, you know, see where their success has been. And so I would say just do a lot of research 
Don't be afraid to take advantage of those free 15-minute consultations, free 30-minute consultations in order to get your questions asked. You know, like if you're writing a poetry book, for example, you want to make sure that the person that you're working with has your interest in heart and has your, you know, have your project in mind. And so that's one of the things that I would suggest. I know that was a long drug out answer, but that's the way I feel. And I think that social media plays a good and a bad side to us as aspiring authors. So what inspired you to inspire others to become a writing coach? Girl, let me tell you. Okay, so long story short. So I wrote this book. It was called Words of Inspiration. What is it? Words of Inspiration, 100 Days of Words. So I actually wrote that book. And let me just tell you, that book was absolutely crap. Okay. So before I started writing a book, I was actually a blogger diehard blogger, love blogs. So I said one day, you know what? I'm actually just going to, you know, put my blogs out there and publish my blogs. That was the whole purpose of why I wanted to publish my first book. Okay. In addition to the fact that it was, you know, about to be my birthday and you always want to do something cool for your birthday. Right. So I mainly published my first book to be a show off. And let me tell you, here it is right here. Crap, 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 honey. Let me just show you. Straight up crap. The content on the inside was great content. If I could just describe the book right now, it was like the book that you would write to your baby sister or a book that you would write to like your younger cousins just to not make the same mistakes that I had made over the years. Great, great content. I also want to share that in that particular book because I didn't know that, okay, now that you've written a book or now that you have all these blogs, now you need to not have these blogs because, you know, blogs are short, sweet to the point, but literally I needed a coach to say, okay, this is a great story, but you need to add this or you need to add more to it. The other thing that I didn't have is an editor. So it was basically like I finished all of these blogs. People had read them before. And then I just went around to my daughter, who was an honor student and everybody in the family and said, hey, y'all read this. Let me know if you see any grammatical errors and everything like that. So the book was absolutely horrible. I'll tell you how horrible it is, but it, it has to stay on this platform only. Literally, my first book did not have book numbers. It didn't have any numbers, like literally. So when you're reading this book, <laughs> it has no page numbers. It has no page numbers. Again, this is the reason why you need a book coach or a writing coach. Because had I had a book coach or a writing coach, my stories would have been like, it was already a good story, but it would have been more of a polished story for my audience. In addition to that, we definitely wouldn't have gone to the publishing table without page numbers. Like for real. Okay. That's my transparency moment. Hey, you know, that's, that's great because a lot of people would not do that. So here's my other, I have two questions in regards to this one. Have you ever thought of re-editing your first one and putting that out again and trying to get it to be where it's, that was what it used to be. This is what it is now. Yes. The only reason I haven't, because I wrote this so long ago, that's first. And then secondly, is a lot of things that I didn't know about publishing that I know now. And so 
yes, I will republish a lot of my work that I've done. But the first thing for me, just to be honest with you, Mr. Maccabee, was just to, Mr. Mac, sorry, was just to say to Amazon and all the other publishing platforms, please take this book off your platform. Like, take it off, take it off. That was that was my first goal. Oh um, my god! That, that is what draws my passion because I don't want to see. I what I realized from a lot of the people that I meet as authors, aspiring authors, is they really are so passionate about their stories. And so one of the things that I'm passionate about is you not getting your story to the publishing line with everything that I have experienced in the past. So literally just teaching by the mistakes that I've made. Isn't that the best way to to teach? I think it's the first time we've ever heard anything like that ever. Yeah. Almost like Carlos Castaneda, who said if he could go and burn every single copy of every book he's ever written, he would do it. (laughs) That's true. Honey, I begged Amazon and every other platform to take my stuff down, honey, because it it just, it it wasn't a representation of me. And when you're publishing your book, it is a representation of you. And let me just say this. A lot of times as aspiring authors, we have a story, we have our own little missions as to why we're writing our stories. And so we don't think of the big picture. The big picture is once this is published, this is a representation of you. So grammatical errors, representation of you, misspelled words, punctuation, misspe- you know, <laughs> It's um, all a representation notes. of you. It's so, like grammar um, check, page number <laughs> check. Check. <laughs> don't we'll get another. Her. Look at a lot of these things. Don't right let here. your teenager be the editor or the, yeah, the critic. Yes, here's, here's, here's the other thing, too. In my first book, this is w- when you start knowing that it's a little embarrassing because here's the big picture, too. What a lot of our aspiring authors and authors don't realize is if I was to send you my book, this book, this first book, if I was to send it to you right now, you're not going to come back to me and say, oh my God, like it had this, you know, in it, it had this, like, where's the page numbers? You're not going to say that. And this is the thing. So because no one ever says anything, everyone always thinks that they put out an amazing blazing product. And that is not the case. Call me next time. Cause I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, she's going to be extremely blunt with you as well. Um, she doesn't hold anything back at all. <laughs> I don't no, hold I anything back. Who wrote a crap either. book, and I told him this is the worst thing I've ever read. I wouldn't lie to a bird cage with it, and I don't even have a bird. Okay, <laughs> and no, that's why I'm, I never not, wrote it ever. I'm not again. ready for your type of critique yet, but <laughs> yes, I we need more people like you around because again, when you get to the publishing table, Amazon is just going to publish it exactly like it is. You know, any other platform that you put it on. It's also going to publish it just like it is. It can sit in Barnes and Noble store just like it is, right? And so it's an all it's all a representation of you. And when you start looking at it from that perspective, you don't mind paying for a writing coach. You don't mind paying for an editor. You don't mind paying for a voice coach, right? Um, oh, and okay. so all of it is a representation of you. And so that is my passion behind why I even created the I Write Academy LLC to begin with, because I wanted people to understand that writing is not just to be seen. Creating a book is not just to be 
be seen. It's literally a representation of you. So that's why I do what I do. And I love it. I'm passionate about this. Oh, no, you're not passionate about it. Though. I we am. Can't I am that so. at all. <laughs> Anyways. So let me ask you this real quick. Okay. What is the difference between a book coach and a writing coach? So a book coach only is able to help you with the book so they can help you with the whole processes of a book. Me, because I have done, y'all didn't know this. And again, this goes no further than this platform, but I actually wrote and produced a song called Dear Jesus back in, I want to say 2017. And so because of that, because of that experience, I'm not only can help you with your books, but any type of writing projects, but keep in mind, you know, I came from blogging first. And so I've always had short pieces versus longer pieces. So I can help with any type of writing genres. And I can, you know, just take a person along and show them, okay, you're writing a song, let's do this. Okay, you're writing a book, let's do this. Opposed to a book coach that just focuses on the book. So obviously we've spoken about how much credentials are worth having, but it's not the end all be all of having the right fit for you as a writer. So what in, in my mind, I'm looking at it as, okay, I want somebody that's going to be able to continue to inspire me, Mm -hmm. as you said. And I want somebody that's going to be within my budget as well. Mm -hmm. What are some things that people should look at as like red flags when it comes to budget? Well, the first of the first thing that I'll say is I get a lot of people that says, well, I can, you know, I can write and publish my book myself. Absolutely. You can. However, is it going to be a sellable product? Okay. We can all create books every day, all day, but is it going to be a product that people want? Is it going to be something that people say, you know what, I can't live without this, this book. So when it comes to your budget, Um, Don't go into it just because you are a self-published author. Don't go into this arena thinking, okay, well, I can I can do from beginning to end for absolutely free. Okay. yes, the platforms that you work on, they can provide you with a free book cover, you know, and things of that nature. But it's going to be certain things in there that you're going to need a second eye for. For example, now that you have this product, what should you price this product as, right? So some of the red flags that I would say is if you don't have at least, at least two to $3,000 for your book, you may want to save just a little bit more for your book. And it's not to say to pay me, it's not to say to pay a voiceover or an editor, but it's just to say, This, when you're thinking of a book, I want you to think of it as a business. And so the thing is not just creating a book. Think of this for a second. Your book can open doors for you to become a public speaker. Your book can, you know, allow you to teach other people how to write a book at some point. Your book can elevate to stages. You know, it can be a hard copy, electronic copy, a voice copy. So 
you want to be able to save for that because your book is literally an investment. It's not just, oh my goodness, I got to pay $5,000 for a book. And let me just say, if you're paying $5,000, even for a self-published book, you're doing amazing because ultimately, even with myself, and for the books that I've had, yes, I pay, you know, editor, graphic designer, things of that nature. But outside of that, I'm still in a learning process. So I'm constantly, you know, having to go to conferences. I'm constantly going to classes because anything that you say that you are, you don't want to just be that person. You want to be an expert of that of, of what you're doing. And so I want to be the expert of my industry. Self-publishing is my industry. So I want to be an expert of that. I want to be the one that's like being able to open the door for other self-published authors. And I can't do that if I'm not educated in what I do. So I, it's, it's, you know, yes, I can publish a book free, but I still have to go back and take classes and courses and educate myself. So that's that's my take on that. So you said something about continuing to educate yourself, going to these conventions and everything of that nature. Mm -hmm. So what are some of those like conventions and credential courses that's going to help people to really understand how to write more literary instead of storytelling wise? And can you explain the difference between those two? So, yes, I can. So, first of all, you should be at the I Write Writing Conference that's happening May 3rd, excuse me, March 3rd and March 4th. It's happening here in Denver, Colorado. Shameless plug. But the main thing is with your book, you want to be around other people that's doing the exact same thing that you're doing. So, if you're writing romance novels, you should be going to romance conferences in order for them to tweak your craft or to just sharpen your craft. And so, as even as a voiceover, if you're doing voiceover, you need to be at voiceover conferences. Some of the courses that I've taken, just to be honest with you, I am more, I love the storytelling piece of what people do. However, after that, you still need to be able to sell your words. So a lot of the classes that I've taken has been towards the selling piece, how to sell a book online, offline, how to you know make your social media more attractive in order for people to be more in tune with what you're saying. A lot of times, a lot of self-publishers, a lot of self-published authors, the only thing they do is like, they have a book cover and they constantly share that book cover every single day, every single day, every single day. And so that doesn't catch your audience's attention. They're, they see book covers every day. So what makes your book cover different from everyone else? So a lot of my clients, I teach how to take their story out of their book and literally sell their words. So that's why I'm the word pusher. But that's that's what I would suggest. That is one of my suggestions. I think that's really cool because there's a lot of things that in regards to, I would say that you're, you're a mentor as well because of the fact that you're there not only teaching them what they should be doing and being a, a friend that really cares about them, but you're also being hard on them, educating them on where they need to go and stuff like that. And I think that's something that every writing coach needs to be in some way, shape, or form. And I was going to ask this later, but you already answered it in regards to finding somebody who's writing the same genre as you. 
And yes, there's people that are well-rounded and they can write for any genre. But like you said, you should search for people that are writing the same genre as you or have written in the same genre as you so that you guys have something more in common. And you can understand just by looking at their publications or articles or journals, whatever the case may be, Mm-hmm. Their work in general is exactly what you want. So what are some of the questions that if I find somebody that is in my genre and I look at their credentials and they have great credentials, they're within my budget. You know, I, I think what was the average, like between 50 and like $240 per hour is about what people have have stated is the right, way to do right, it. Right. What are some questions that I should be asking if I'm going to this person and saying, Hey, I would like you to be my writing coach, but I have a few questions. Right. So the first thing is you want to know what they've done. What is it that they've done? Even if, if, even if you came to me and I told you about my crappy book, at least you now know, right. <clears throat> and we all learn by experience. The other thing is find out about their experience, find out about their successes. They have clients right now. What does it look like for their current clients? The other thing is what are the things that they are not able to do? You may want to also ask those things. The one thing that I've seen a lot is I've seen a lot of both writing coaches and author coaches. They're like, okay, now you're in the program. Go ahead and do a testimonial. With This is within one day of working with that person, right? So we don't even know. We see a testimonial for this company, but yet we don't even know if that student actually finished the program, okay? The one thing that I love about the clients that I've worked with, I've been able to see them on the news. I've been able to see them maximize on 500 plus books. I do want to let you know that the average stats is like for self-published authors, they don't really sell over 200 books, right? And so for me to be able to see my clients rocking over 300 books, 500 books, 600 books, and then they're also getting contracts with schools, that's a big deal for me. And so ask them about their wins, ask them about their clients' wins. Those are the questions that I would say, because at the end of the day, it's not about the money. It's about where are they going to be able to take you, where they are going to be able to take your project. So that's one of the things that I would suggest. I've seen people that have paid for self-published books. You know, they're like, hey, I give you my book. When can you publish it? Things of that nature. And they're still waiting. And, you know, you have to think about it. It's already time consuming to write your book. And now you're trying to work with someone that's giving you the cold shoulder or you can't, you know, contact them. One of the things that I love about my localized business is the fact that people can pick up the phone and call me or text me. You know, it's still that local to where you can just, if you have questions, even before you sign the contract, because, you know, I require us to sign a contract together in order for you to know what I'm expecting from you and for you to know what to expect from me. And the contract hasn't changed. It's not something that I do to hide, you know, to hide certain things. But that's the one of the things that I would suggest. One of the red flags is a lot of people don't want to have contracts. That's a red flag. Another red flag is how do you pay? Once you accept the contract, then how do you pay? If you're playing in places that's not professional, like cash app, for example, 
I know that a lot of people will watch this and they will love Cash App. However, Cash App is not professional. Let's say if you paid me your money today and I die tomorrow, that money is still sitting in my bank account. However, if we use professional platforms, then you're able to at least dispute and say, hey, I know that she died yesterday. I want my money back. Things of that nature. So all of those things for me is a red flag. I just want to put that out there for people that's watching. And I'm glad you're giving these because, you know, for me, I'm trying to become a character developer, a, a type of writing coach, but more in towards the fantasy, the science fiction and, you know, historical fiction. Those are my genres that I really like to write about. Mm -hmm. So because I'm starting out and I don't have a lot of things out there written, mm -hmm. what should I do to be able to really express that I want to do this for people and people should try to give me at least some type of chance? Okay. So the first thing is obviously you would have to zone in on your passion. What is your why? Mm -hmm. Yes, you're doing this. You may not have a lot of experience as far as your published work, but you do have the experience as far as breaking down all of the criteria that it takes in order to take someone from point A to point B. Okay. So the main thing is the organization, that is what you're going to have to beef up. You're going to have to beef up your prices and your pricing points. In addition to that, just having a system, which Mr. Mac, you already have a system. You just have to share <laughs> your system with everyone else, right? Yeah. So you are who you say you are. Mm -hmm. And just zone in on that. You may not have the experience, but then you can also beef up that education behind you you know, I've taken this course, I've taken this course, I've done this, I've done that. You know what I'm saying? So that's, I mean, and here's the thing, myself, even, you know, with this first book, I'm, I'm literally ashamed of this book, like literally. Yeah. So you can't really go on that part. You just have to beef up your experience and put in, put systems in place. Can I be honest with you? That's what so many other people have already done. They're already saying that they're a writing coach, but they've never published anything. They've never done any of that. But people are trusting them based on the education and the systems that they've put behind themselves. So here's my last question, because I know with time, time is everything mm -hmm. with everybody's schedules being differently. What, how, how many times a week or a month or a year should somebody really be getting with their with their coach? So it depends on the length of the program. So I'll give you an example based on my program. My program is 12 weeks long. So at the end of 12 weeks, you literally can have a manuscript in your hand. So I meet with my clients once a week for one hour. And in that hour, I'm letting them know exactly, you know, what they should be working on every single time they're going to have homework. That's why the contract is in place, because if you don't do the homework, then obviously you won't have the manuscript. Now, for the type of genres that you're speaking of, they may take a little longer. However, if you if they're doing the homework, they can still get that process done. But I think anywhere over one hour a week is kind of overwhelming. You have to think about the mindset of a human. Mm -hmm. You know, you really have us for like seven, seven seconds of our, our of our attention span. Right. So you have to think if you go over an hour, honey, you're pushing it <laughs> like literally. So that's just my advice. And it's worked for my program for over two years. So.
And I am so glad we brought you on here. I've been talking to her for a while too. So I know how much, how good she is with what she's doing. And you already know that she's being transparent. If she's saying your, her first book (laughs) was crap. I mean, come on now. How transparent can you not be if you're doing that? Anyways. Listen, I live, I, I live and I learn, right? So we all don't, do. don't be we afraid do. of your mistakes. Even if you write a crappy book now, hey, go back to the drawing board and keep it pushing. You know what I'm saying? The people that I am able to help is the people that identifies that there's a problem in the first place. If they never identify that there's a problem, then, you know, I can't. I can't really work with people that's faking it. You know, you're okay with having all of these fake followers that's following you, but they're not going to buy a book at the end of the day, right? So I work very well with people that identifies that there's a problem in the first place. Well, that was a lot of information. Thank you. And my neurodivergent brain is still processing. <laughs> so, but and I'm really glad that we had you on too, because these are things I probably never would have thought of myself. It's like, I've got to make a phone call later. <laughs> talk to my uh, my coach we have a i have a few questions we're going to ask there we used to call it the rapid fire round because they're quick questions quick answers okay. i have two okay you, i'll do two so the first one is what is your writing kryptonite i believe in telling stories it's not so much about writing but telling stories so that's that's my kryptonite that's what i do okay that's new yeah and then is there a a famous quote that inspires you to keep doing what you're doing. Yes, you can't you can't edit a blank page. So I think I, I don't remember the full quote, but it's like you can never edit a blank page. A famous author said that. And so that is one of the things that I think about when I think about writing a book, writing a story. That I like that one. I yeah. do like that one. Yeah. So thank you again, Lynette, for being on here. Thank uh, you. What's next for you? So what's next is I'm actually working with my local library in order to bring some of these programs into the local library. The other thing is the iWrite conference. That's the biggest thing right now on the page. And also I have my current book that was dedicated to my mother who passed away a year ago, Letters to Mom. But going back to the iWrite conference, it is March 3rd, March 4th, 2023. I'm super excited about this event. And literally, you can learn from beginning to end of how to write and publish your book. And sell it. And And sell sell it. it. There you go. (laughs) Thank you for being on here. Please tell us where everybody can find you. Instagram, on Instagram, Facebook, and also on Twitter, Clubhouse. I am Writing Coach LK. Writing Coach LK. My website is writingcoachlk.com. And I'm also, I have a second page here on Instagram and it is I Write Writing Academy, which is the name of the business. And that's also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And so most of the platforms that I use, I don't use it to show off what I wear and how I'm dressed. I literally use all of those platforms in order to give out writing and selling tips. So any videos that you see me doing, that's all what it's about. So thank you so much for allowing me to be on the show. I appreciate you guys so much. All right, Marcella, what's your $200,000 opinion about our guest? She's, she's very sweet. I like, 
I there was a lot of information there that I think we all needed. You and I specifically at this very mm. moment, Mac. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, I'm glad this was a good call. Yeah, and you know what? I love her too. I think she's a, one. She's a great human being in general. She is very loving. She's friendly with people. She's always joking around, at least with something. And you know, but she's also this type of mentor that is going to keep you in check. She's one that's going to help you to get to where you need to be and where you want to be in your writing so that you're so popular in your writing that you're going to be that next literary icon. So for me, I know for a fact that I'm going to continue to go back to her for advice, (laughs) even though I'm going to be working on certain things myself as a coach I'm still going to go to her because, again, she's got a little bit more, a little bit more experience than I do in the writing scheme, but it's still there. So, yeah. So I, I think- the quote I, I remembered, it was Jody Picol, I think. And it's, you may not write well every day, but you can always edit a bad page. You can't ah, edit a bad page. Yeah. Because that's, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. I just couldn't remember her last name. It was driving me crazy. But I think that's what it was. That's a good one. All right, people. Thank you again for being here with us. We appreciate you. We love you. And of course, always continue to go and support our authors and our experts on their links and everything about them. Their bios will be on our website, beyondthepenpodcast.com. And go out there, find her, support her, be a part of the academy, And just continue to do the best that you can do. Share those stories. Tell those stories. Live those stories. So as I always say, continue writing, inspiring, and keep sharing as you go beyond the pen. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's video on demand and live stream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.